Hey everybody, welcome to the Society of Illustrators New Visions podcast. This episode was recorded live from the Society of Illustrators in New York City. With the New Visions podcast, we want to talk about a whole host of issues that contemporary illustrators face, including topics of diversity, inclusion, and illustration's role in a larger cultural context. The New Visions committee is Jonathan Bartlett, Jensen Ekwal, Yao Xiao, Chris Kindred, and myself, John Lee. Our wonderful sound engineer is James Pierce. Today we're talking about technology and illustration from process to communication. Yao Xiao sat down with four illustrators who use tech in unique ways. Rebecca Mock, Kyle Webster, Leland Goodman, and Jensen Ekwal. Uh, hi everybody, this is the New Visions podcast recorded live at the Society of Illustrators in New York City. My name is Yao, I'm the host today and um, I'm hosting a talk about technology and illustration. Before we dive in, I'm going to have everyone here introduce themselves. So. Um, uh, hi everybody, I'm Rebecca Mock. I'm an illustrator and comic book artist, and I use uh, computers for everything. Hi, <laughs> that's my I'm, technology. Oh, sorry, mm -hmm. sorry. Uh, I, I'm Leland Goodman. Uh, I am exactly that, also. <laughs> Comics, <laughs> illustration, love computers. Darn good too. My name's Jensen. Uh, I'm an illustrator. Normally, I help produce the podcast. Um, today, I'm hanging out and talking. My work is almost entirely traditional, but um, still use a lot of technology and I love the internet. Yeah, and we have Kyle here dialing in. Uh, so Kyle, take it away. Hi, I'm Kyle Webster and I'm an illustrator as well. And I also make Photoshop brushes <laughs> and do other things. <laughs> So, um, I'm really glad to have you all here today um, as a very interesting group of people, I think, to dive into the subject of illustration technology. And um, as we have talked a little bit before we started, um, everyone has had different experience in terms of like how deep they are into technology, uh, whether it's Rebecca, who you work with technology a lot, so you have answered this question so many times. And Kyle, you literally make the Photoshop brushes, so you have something to say. And Leland, you are a digital illustrator, so that's your medium and that's your space. And then for Jensen and I, we're illustrators. Um, I'm not heavily digital either um, in my techniques, so we still use technology as part of our work. So to start, um, I want everyone to just have like one or two sentences about like what do you think about technology as an illustrator and um, why do you think you're talking about it today here? Well, um, as far as technology, um, like literally it's it's anything like uh, any tool we use, uh, it's just part of our craft. And for me, um, the in the entire process that I go through begins and ends with a uh, with Photoshop, with the computer, and and then afterwards it goes into using all sorts of software and and internet services to spread my work. Um, so as far as technology goes, the the computer itself is it, it, it contains my entire business, my entire livelihood. 
yeah, I think you and I are kindred spirits, definitely. Because <laughs> I was, I was just thinking about this. I think that if I didn't have digital media as an option, I don't know that I would be happy as an artist, honestly, mm. because it's so, it's so fast and so matches kind of the speed at which I want to go. Mm-hmm. And um, and I like having way. everything like kind of connected and like easily communicating. Like I super get into that. So. Um, yeah, like personally, when I work, I like to working like working on paper, working with materials helps me think. Like I find that there is like a, a space between what I'm thinking and what I'm doing when I'm working entirely on the computer. So that's just like a choice that I've made, and I believe that like it's art. Everybody chooses what techniques, what methods work best for what they're making. But um, like all contemporary illustrators, my business exists almost entirely online. Like I, you know, post what I'm working on on the internet. And I mean, everything, regardless of how it's made, ends up getting sent off to clients on the computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, it's your turn. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just sorry, I'm not in the room, so I have to wait until yeah. I'm prompted. But um, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I I wouldn't really have probably much of a career at all if it weren't for Photoshop and for computers and everything. In fact, when I first started out, my whole style revolved around drawing in Flash with a very specific technique, and um, it it was it would be almost impossible to replicate with traditional media. In fact, now that I think of it, it would be totally impossible. So. Um, you know, the first five years of my editorial illustration career, anyway, were would never have been possible style-wise um, without the computer. So, and yeah, Photoshop changed my whole life many, many times for different reasons. And it seems like every few years, something else happens in Photoshop that makes it possible for me to reinvent myself or to push things farther for my business. So, I'm totally in that same camp. Um, I, I would be kind of lost without all of this technology. Yeah, so let's get a little more specific. Like, what would you like? What would you be doing if, like, if, if this was like ten years ago, and then you're an illustrator, and like you still have to make a living? What would you do without technology, or what would you have done if um, you didn't work with technology? Uh, Kyle, you can keep going. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, well, for for me, um, well, 10 years ago, I was illustrating in Photoshop mm-hmm. and Flash, but, but I mean, let's just go back farther. If I, if, I had, if I had come out of school and didn't have the option to use a computer, um, I would have certainly tried. I mean, I, I always wanted to be making images for a living, but I just can't imagine what medium I would have chosen, frankly, that, that would have... It, it's so hard to think back. Mm-hmm to what would have been possible when I'm already so spoiled now knowing what is possible. Um, I think I probably would have given it a go with acrylics and tried to become a painter. And um, I probably would have gone the the book cover route, try and get some book cover work and things like that. But I don't know if I ever would have even considered editorial because I wouldn't think I'd be able to work fast enough, not realizing there was a fast way to work um, without the computer. I mean, I, I see people like Graham Romieu in Canada doing these gorgeous pen and ink and watercolor wash drawings and I know he does them pretty quickly but um, I never had that facility with those tools so uh, 
I probably would have wound up eventually doing something that I didn't like and being a really sad person. I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. uh, did you? Because I feel like before when we were talking about the the impact of your brushes, your business, and your product, I think that's true for many illustrators that are working today. And um, do you guys use Kyle's brushes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a plug for you, Kyle. But like, uh, yeah, can you guys who are here also, um, yeah, like talk about like if you didn't if you didn't have technology, like what would you have been, what would hmm. you have done, and also like what do you think this tool gives you? Is it like speed or like techniques that you couldn't have learned or things that were too hard to use? Um. I'd say a, a much of my current style uh, is related to um, is related to Photoshop and related to those tools. But that would be that might be optimistic. I also think that a big part of my style comes from the comics and fun things I was drawing by hand ten years ago in college. And it, overall, is just the imagery that I'm attracted to, whether or not I'm using Photoshop or my sketchbook or ink or anything. Um, so without Photoshop, I think I would still be doing imagery very similar to what I'm doing now. It just might not be as complex because there's a level of detail and there's a level of um, there's you know the animation, the the different nuances that you can put into it with technology wouldn't uh, have been possible. And I also feel like I wouldn't have had the influences that I have because I have I'm so connected to our community through the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't have that, I feel like I would be in a very different place. Um, but then, oh my it, God, that's so that's so interesting. I never thought about that. Like, but you're right. The people that, I, the yeah, <laughs> we I wouldn't have met any of you guys if if the internet didn't yeah. exist. But then, it, then again, maybe we would have met at a comic book convention. Basically, comics trump the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think my I conclusion. <laughs> I, d- okay. I definitely agree with that. I think I would uh, probably be doing. I'd probably be going way harder into comics than I am now because my attention span is so, so short. So I think really Photoshop is what allows me to make illustrations because you can just, there's the undo button, pretty much just the undo button actually, I'd say. It's like <laughs> the, the, what has saved my career entirely. Yeah, we can get into Photoshop shortcuts. Oh, like, oh my God, Like yeah. top five. Customizing stuff, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I. I think that, yeah, I probably also wouldn't leave my house so much <laughs> if it weren't for technology, mm. just because I, I've, I mean, I'm a big advocate for Twitter, <laughs> and I always, I know a lot of people are kind of iffy about it, but it's really my favorite. Like, I love, I love kind Twitter. of, yeah, like you can have such a good interaction with people you would just never meet from all over the world, and then when you do meet them in person, you just you, like connecting is so much easier for me at least uh so why does uh why does technology get you out of the house more because i usually i think people's <laughs> argument is like it, it keeps you in the house i think it's because i i think i've actually learned kind of to socialize better with mm. technology and it, it makes me aware of things that are going on outside my house really um 
Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't get invited to parties. Exactly. How, Facebook, Facebook events. events. <laughs> how, how would we know about stuff that was happening? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I guess like for for me, even just like emails, like doesn't even count as part of the technology anymore. But I was like, how would you know anything? <laughs> to, uh, yeah. <laughs> emails are really like letter writing at this point, I would say. Yeah. Ten but... years ago, it was around when I got my email address and started using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's fun, Kyle. Um, like talking about your brushes because I remember when they when they first came out when I was maybe in school I think like I, I what I remember being the appeal was how beautifully they replicated traditional media which is you know like a, like a news site comes out and it gets better and better so like these digital brushes are still being inspired by tactile art so like there's something even in digital art that we're looking for that feels tactile and that's like such a big part of the appeal. So I, I just think there's a really cool back and forth. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, thanks. like life inspiring the, you know, the tech. And then, you yeah. know, so I mean, like, even though I paint, I use these brushes to edit my stuff. Because like I can oh, paint. I love doing that. Yeah, I can paint with a, gua- like with a gouache brush on top of an actual mm-hmm. gouache painting. And I, I would not be able to do commercial work without being to, like, without being able to make revisions. Because like, you just have mm-hmm. to. So people are always like, oh, you know, can you do this if you're going to have to make revisions and you just have to figure it out. That's really cool. That's a that's a really cool way for illustrators who work in traditional media and then still use it as a tool. Because I feel like, like sometimes the conversation is like black and white, whether you are a digital person or you're a traditional media person. And I think today that line is super blurred with you guys. Oh yeah, I actually have a story about that. When I, the very first time I had a piece accepted into the Society of Illustrators was a drawing I did of Jack Black that was done on the computer and it was done in Photoshop and um, it looked like ink with watercolor. And I'd made a, a large print of it and sent it up there and I was all excited to go and I went and I was standing there next to it and um, I'm not gonna say who it was, but a very well-known illustrator approached me and said I was at yours and really nice. Um, I also work in watercolor and I said, you know, um, well actually I drew this on the computer and their face really soured and and they just kind of like, oh, and then they went went away. And that was 13 years ago, 14 years ago. So like, it's amazing how, how quickly that mindset has kind of, I think it's pretty much gone now. I think everyone respects the form, um, the medium, whatever. If it's digital, that's fine, and it's not like it meant you didn't that you don't have any skill or anything. I don't know. So Sometimes you I don't go know. To a con, yeah. and people will be like, "Is this digital or traditional?" Yes. And they'll be like, "Digital," really? and they'll be like, they, "I got a guy shaking his head at me once." And I was like, okay. hey, man. Oh. <laughs> Drawings, huh. just drawings. Yeah, sometimes I'm not sure why people ask that question because I'm like, you're not getting the original. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. you're getting oh, a print. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, people still, it, it's less common now, but people do still sell originals sell at originals. comic mm-hmm. conventions. And they're always, um, I mean, I wonder if it was just, uh, if it happened more often. Or, okay, what am I asking? There's a different uh, 
audience at comic conventions now. And it might be because digital art has sort of changed the field of not just illustration, but comics. And I'm sorry, I'm going to keep going back to comics. <laughs> but and because comics, like uh, especially small press comics, has really um, ingrained itself in our community of illustration as well. But it's changed a lot of what the, the market looks like. And it's and oh, traditional definitely. media has also influenced the way digital art looks, like you said. I think yeah. like our our careers wouldn't uh, look like they do now if um, if traditional artists didn't start picking up digital tools. We didn't start straight in digital work. We all started with traditional media, and then we we skipped to digital basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, with the comics, I noticed that um, you know things like Hark a Vagrant, and, and it's amazing how there's this platform now for getting workout. I don't know sure if this is the right place to talk about that because that could be a whole other conversation, but just the fact that technology allows for us to have this incredibly wide reaching audience um, is, and then for something to transition from screen to print as a result of a following that's built up over, uh, uh, excuse me, online is um, to me just such a fantastic thing that's happening for all of us as artists right now. It's, it's just, it's wonderful and it's making careers for people. It's just, it's just amazing. So. Mm -hmm. So here's a kind of a, I think this is a very data question, but when I was in school, there were still teachers who would give people like a letter grade down if they used entirely digital media. Um, so oh my gosh. I, <laughs> yeah, it was still a thing, but like what, um, so for, for all of you, using digital media like it certainly allows to people to have more freedom and get started in their career faster on the other hand i think it always come back to like no you still have to be a good draftsman you still have to know how to draw and then all of this knowledge about like light and color and composition it doesn't like using the computer wouldn't compensate for that so what but then everyone has expressed how it helped them and started their career. So what do you think it does compensate for? So people feel a little more grounded in this like discussion about whether it's all because of the computer or is it because of who they are? Yeah. Yeah. So what does it give you that's so magical? Maybe maybe it's all a placebo effect and maybe we started our own careers on our own power. Yeah. yeah. We're all very <laughs> talented go. people yeah. and we all have the power to do great things with or without computers. Um, but maybe it's Photoshop and maybe it's the undo button. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, and layers. I'm behind that anyone who does great work, they can they can just do great work. But I was like, well, can that person do great work if they've never picked up a brush and then I asked them to do a painting? Like, like they will probably just be getting used to the medium. So what's your, like, what is your background that you stand by? Like, this part is me, and then this other part is technology as a medium. Do you have a clear I, distinction of a line? I feel like I, I don't really because mm -hmm. I, I know that that's always picked apart and that's like you said like I had also professors who would you know greatly discourage digital work and then I had classes just about digital work but I feel like interesting art is interesting art mm -hmm. and good work is good work and I, I can't really like I, I also when people ask like is this digital or traditional mm -hmm. if you have to ask that does it matter? 
like, I think that's that when you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had a professor who, who um, said something like, you have to, if you do digital, digital work or you mix both digital and traditional mediums, you have to put something in that leaves a bit of mystery. Mm. Like mm, that yeah. you always have to put something in where if a person looks really closely at it, they can't tell how you did it. Because they can't see like the brushstrokes, um, and so why yeah. does that matter to people? I wonder. <sighs> it's the, I think it's a trend. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Because oh, there are certainly right. artists who don't hide anything. Like, um, like there's there's a lot of uh, um, I'm trying to think of someone specific. Um, Kuichi Tetsuro. Ke- 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 oh Tetsuro yeah. Kuichi. Yes. He uses um, like a simple chalk Photoshop brush to draw everything, and it's very clear how he uses it. And then he just puts a lot of textures over it, and it's beautiful. It's a painting, yeah. But it's it's very simple. It's it's the it's it, it's almost imis paint. It's so simple, mm. but it's it's such a beautiful image. It's so perfectly composed. And there is good. Work so what's that's been done in MS oh, Paint? Oh yeah. Um, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just wanted to follow up about the Tetsuro Kiyuchi um, as, a, as an example of an artist who, if you look at his older picture books where he painted with oils. So um, different. In the, I believe it was like late 80s, early 90s. But um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, for one thing, it's very different. For another thing, um, not in any way to be critical of his work because he's, he's fantastic. But I would say that if you look at some of that older work, it could feel dated today. Uh, in comparison to some other kinds of work, and maybe that's because so much work now is digital, and there are all these styles that didn't exist, and so on and so forth. But I think the style he works in uh, with with Photoshop that you're talking about, um, I, it seems to me like it would be impossible to replicate that style with natural media. Just impossible without it taking either way too long, or well, anyway, I think that's really just the argument there. It would just it would take so long. You know? Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I, I think it's sort of like there's well, an example of technology being a necessary component for a very well established and successful and one of my favorite illustrators. But, you know, without that technology component, I'm not sure we would ever have seen work that looked like that. It's almost, it's amazing that the technology allowed for him to work in a way that he created this completely new way of making images that is very much his own. Uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I think there's a lot of influence of like um, screen prints and uh, very vintage illustration in his work. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, to, there is. Yeah. To dis- I, I would disagree. I think that his work is very strongly influenced. And a lot of digital work is very strongly influenced by like a very um, trend towards vintage-looking illustrations of something very graphic, which mm-hmm. works well now with printing because. I think we're drawn to those images that remind us of like the mid-century, early-century illustration. I think there mm. is some like deep brain thing that like tends people towards something tactile. Like mm. like even if something's entirely digital, people are still going to throw a texture on it because something like unless it's unless it's like really calculated and like like extremely well done, like flat Photoshop colors, it can look like Photoshoppy without something at least I think like bringing it back into a space of being tactile. Mm-hmm. Like, That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Although like I do think, um, I don't know, like when I was in school, everybody was um, doing like inclined digital color and then throwing a watercolor texture on top of it. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, so I did that because <laughs> Jensen and I went to school together. But, like, yeah, for me, it was like, it's a. Because for me, like, digital painting, 
or like making your work entirely digitally or like using it as like the most of your process it's a little different than um yeah actually i don't i don't think it's different but i do think it's like a medium that i would say it's its own like even with the like you scan part of your drawing and then you piece it together i'm thinking of it as a medium altogether it's like ink and watercolor or it's like acrylic paintings with like markers so i would say it's it's like one that's like faster to use and uh if you don't do it well the side effects it's like it looks tacky but mm-hmm. then the same with like acrylic painting like it dries really fast and it's like really vibrant if you don't do it well it looks tacky yeah, and sometimes uh-huh. photoshop looks like it takes a it's very fast and easy but my photoshop paintings take a long time mm-hmm. to yeah. paint there's a yeah. lot of tiny little adjustments and details that go into it so it might, uh, and there's a lot of thought to be said about quick gouache paintings, I think, like, or, or any kind of illustrated painting. Like, if you have a process and you know it and you've done it a hundred times before, it can be very quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you, do, you don't really do it well in anything, like, airbrushing can look, like, super amazing, <laughs> or you can do it, like, and it looks like the tackiest thing ever. I, I think, I don't think it's the medium... It's the tacky's relative. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there, I feel like there's things that we consider um, of our aesthetic mm-hmm. that that won't be. It won't be the same in ten years. Yeah, yeah. So I do think. Do you do you guys agree that digital art has like it's kind of its own medium? So it's not necessarily like better as a type of art comparing to like traditional but it's like one way out of many ways that artists has invented to make to allow them to make the kind of work that they really want to make it's just like a it's, it's just a medium yeah like, yeah like, like any other medium and, and when people describe like ascribe objective value to mm-hmm. a medium that's just very reductive right mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because like when I used to work here at the museum, people mm-hmm. would ask me what like mixed media meant all the time. So they'd be like, <laughs> well, so it's mm-hmm. like a painting and then it's in the computer, but how do you get it into the computer? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, amazing to have that conversation because oh to us it just seems so everyday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even like that, that, that combination is still like a, an idea for people to, to grasp. Yeah, so I think a lot of things has moved on that it's like mixed media, so it's like multimedia and there's also like motion and photos and videos and animation. So it's like really hard to pinpoint like what it is and then the audiences are kind of just more used to taking in the content and be like, this is about subject and then the art like communicated that or it provided experience and and that was great so i don't so i don't feel like i think today um especially in schools and maybe talking with different generations of illustrators um i think digital kind of like officially like graduated as like this is just how it is now. Yeah, I yeah. think it followed digital information mm-hmm. because uh, newspapers have become so, or 
digital newspapers have become so much a part of how we spread information and Twitter and, and Facebook and how we, um, the kind of jobs that we get hired for, they are for digital articles, they're for um, digital advertisements. So of course, the eventually even if uh, there are people working in traditional medium, their work is going to be for digital content. So it, mm. it's something that, it's hard to say which came first but it's 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 we're here now mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> we're all this is like and technology is going to continue to um, evolve in the way we share information and illustration is going to inevitably follow that if it doesn't get there first yeah but, um, yeah mm -hmm. you asked a while back when we started this this one chain here about whether or not you think uh, the computer can make you you said you said, or you mentioned skills basically. Mm -hmm, you yeah. have to have good drafting skills and so on. And I, I would say that um, you don't really have to have great drawing skills necessarily to become a successful illustrator. Mm -hmm. With if you if you understand a few basic tricks in Photoshop that make images look good, like certain ways to use um, texture or certain brushes. You know, I guess I'm partly responsible for this, but anyway, um, mm -hmm. if you if you figure out a way to, to use a certain brush or to use textures, or there's a certain way you work stylistically that you can own that doesn't rely in any way on what we might consider traditional skill set, mm -hmm. um, then you've got a career. And I, I, I also don't bring this up to say that there's anything bad about that or, or anything to be looked down upon because um, that was another thing I experienced earlier on in my career, which was just that, I think it just, yeah, the Jack Black story is the same idea, where if you use a computer, you are somehow a lesser artist for not taking the time to, you know, learn how to work with a traditional medium and get to a certain level where you've mastered it. But um, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to throw so that in there. I, I agree. I think, um, like, my, my, I'm relating to it is that I didn't know anything about animation, but I use animation so often in my work um, because I just, I learned a couple tricks and it's become part of uh, my entire business. Um, so it definitely, I think, like, if that's true, then what you're saying is definitely true. That you, like, you can take what you know and what you like to do and turn it into um, a whole portfolio. Mm -hmm. What so, do you all think about reinvention? I mean, I, I think artists now have a, a great luxury career-wise in that they can reinvent themselves in a digital environment much more quickly. And that's my opinion anyway. I think that in just one environment, that being Photoshop, um, you can go from drawing or, or painting a certain way to a completely different style in a matter of hours just by changing the way you work. Whereas if in the traditional realm, you would have to go out and buy a whole new set of tools, um, try and figure out how they work, etc. cetera. Uh, but that's no longer really an issue. And people can have multiple identities as an illustrator and they can, you know, lots of people have um, alter egos and so on. But anyway, it's just kind of interesting to me that we have that flexibility and we might even take that for granted. It's pretty amazing. I feel like, um, I feel like with how accessible illustration is now for everyone because of Tumblr, because of Twitter, just because everyone, you know, you can bang out a sketch and put it up. Um, I've, been, I've been thinking about that kind of as a double-edged sword because you can see trends happen so quickly and um, mm. I feel like reinvention is pretty necessary, I think. 
because you post something and then you'll see it kind of become very popular, like a certain style, uh, you know, months later. And um, yeah, I, I, what do you guys think? Because I don't know if it's good or bad or just a gray area. I think it can be tough for artists starting out. Like on, like I think I think there's kind of two scenarios that people can run into. Like they will post uh, like a sketch on Twitter that will get a lot of like recognition, for example. And so like that's like okay, like that's what you're being like signaled to do by your audience. Like oh, they like that. But then you can get kind of limited because yeah, you want that reaction every time. And um, or like on the other hand, you know, if you're putting stuff online and it's not getting the response you want, then it can be really discouraging as well. But I feel like mm. it is tough to start out in an environment where a lot of your, um, like a lot of the feedback you're getting is this very simplistic, like, like addictive not, like, thing. Very yeah. addictive, yeah, really appealing reaction that can that can list your work into being something that is maybe you won't grow as much. Mm. Oh I mean, yeah. This isn't like, true, like a I'm negative sure. thing. It's just something that can like can happen. I yeah, think. it's definitely a part of the way we socialize now. Everything sort of happens in waves. Um, for yeah. me, uh, that kind of that energy is what carried my um, my work into my editorial career. Uh, and I sort of thrived on it, um, and I learned a lot from it. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying it's I ended up better than where I would be, but I was influenced very strongly by things that were happening very quickly, and so my style changed um, week to week until I settled on where I wanted to be. Um, so I found it very helpful to be able to move to sort of like dive in to the um, then the the Tumblr. Um, uh, what is it? What were they called? The the special tags in Tumblr oh, yeah. when you were featured, like to dive into that and to try to follow it and to try to like make a piece that I know would go viral. Mm -hmm. That was a very energizing thing to do at first when I had no nothing else, when I had no work. Mm -hmm. I, feel, I feel like personally, it's been I feel like it's been a, a learning cycle that I probably would have gone through without technology, but I got through it really quickly because I feel like there were a few years of when you first start posting your art online and you get a reaction, you know, it's that addiction thing. It's like, oh, this is great. And then once that kind of starts to fail, once your art becomes mostly about that, um, I, at least for me, I had to go through that, that period of, okay, well, something's wrong here. And I think it's the work that I'm making. And I think it's, I'm making it for the wrong reason. Not the wrong reason, but just kind of like, it doesn't mean as much to me. So um, as of like this year, all my work is, all my personal work has really been about like, okay, let's be as self-indulgent as humanly possible. So it's been like a lot of like cute, fluffy, pink, girl, girly things. And it's like, it's been so therapeutic for me, I think. Yeah, there's nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah. And actually, we are going to... Yeah, we are gonna like segue into what we draw now that we've gone over how we use technology. And then I want to bring up technology as a subject of illustration. Um, do you guys all illustrate things that's technology related once in a while? Um, I, I kind of, in my, the work that I do as far as like what I get paid to do, mm -hmm. which is like stuff that I don't, I can't share, like it's corporate ads, and things like that. I paint a lot of phones. 
Yeah. I paint a lot of laptops and I paint a lot of computers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <They're>, Me too. <laughs> then, like, I paint a lot of too. offices full of tech. Um, mm -hmm. Just it's because it's just part of our environment. Mm -hmm. It's just part of uh, a person's silhouette is the technology that they carry. Um, it, it's part of the the layout of a room. It's part of interior design. Um, and because it's part of how we communicate, it's an effective tool for um, conveying a concept. Mm -hmm. So people, and sometimes it's lazy to turn to like, ah, the cell phones um, sim are uh, metaphor. Mm -hmm. um, that's just like, I'll throw that sketch in there because people always like that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what about the things that you can show in terms of editorial, like stuff like that, and you think like, because there are like technology. Oh yeah, like yes. articles about mm -hmm. technology. Yeah. But um, I feel like the trend for that is to not show the technology right. in, in, a, in a literal way. Mm -hmm. and to go for something more, um, more abstract, more fantastical. Yeah, so there's like on one the end, world. there are people who only want phones and there's another side of people <laughs> who not, want no phones. Do you know why? Like, do you guys know why? Bro, yeah, do you guys know why? <laughs> I feel like sometimes oh, there's a like a, an idea of like not drawing the tech because it can look dated soon, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, out of all the... I can't think of any reasons why. That makes sense. But it's, yeah. so, it's so literal, I think it's just boring, which is why Su Jin mm -hmm. is such... I love when she assigns something because she doesn't want... She definitely doesn't want you to do a little yeah. literal interpretation of whatever financial story you're writing about or um, I guess the same with tech I don't know about you but I, I hate drawing a literal oh, depiction man. of some person holding a phone up to their head and there's an exclamation point over their head or something a phone's such a boring <laughs> although I get asked to draw that kind of stuff all the time like so whatever phones. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's really... the best laptops I've like ever seen like yeah, the best definitely. like like softly beeping oh my gosh it's laptops so are really fun to paint I'm sorry <laughs> That's no, you. I, I don't think, I'm glad that you like it because then <laughs> you're the one doing it, and you do a great job. But it's the equivalent of like drawing the businessman climbing up the ladder to grab the dollar bill. It's just it's the thing that um, it degrades the quality of illustration as a whole when you go to the easiest solution uh, for mm -hmm. a piece. Even though illustration, by definition, is finding the easiest visual solution for a complicated concept, we have to try a little bit harder than that. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's sometimes yeah. I think there's just a lot going on, so it technology does sort of get into the mix. Yeah, and I do think there's something odd about like not like if you only illustrate the film for a article that's obviously already about tech, because all of the things that's happening is in this piece of technology, so that without anything that's in it, it's just a tablet. So what do that because I feel like in the past I don't know if in the history of illustration we've always had like new technologies that we have to introduce that it like doesn't look like shapely appealing <laughs> uh, so what are some of the other solutions that you guys use for illustrating like the the actual functioning of technology I would imagine it gets really abstract yeah like the world of the internet mm. <laughs> it, it is difficult. I find I always go for the literal solution. I, I like paintings of rooms. I like um, uh, very, uh, what is it, um, very realistic scenes. 
And so my, con my conceptual solutions always go towards like a scene of a real person in reality, whether in the past or the present, um, doing something. Um, but I yeah, but Rebecca, you do that so well. I mean, it's unfair. So the rest of us have to try and figure out some metaphor. That's my easy, like I, I take the easy out. Like I find a lot of illustrators actually go above and beyond and create whole new visual styles to accommodate the, techno the technological um, world we live in. Mm -hmm. I think that's because they can't draw a person sitting at a computer and make it look no, interesting like it, you no. do. So that's, that's the reason. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's interesting that in when we're illustrating things about technology, the virtual world is, it does seem like, I'm glad you mentioned people because everyone seems to like they're outside of the technology space and they're in the physical space in the virtual world. It's like this like seemingly faceless, like everyone's anonymous floating. As oh yeah, like illustrations a of people bit. turn yeah. away. Yeah. It's usually What's very... That? It's usually very critical, like, you know, that kind of mm. art to accompany an article that's like, man, everyone's so absorbed with their phones and their Facebook. Right. But I think and then one person is looking up and they're in full color. Right. <laughs> and they've escaped the bonds. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like because um, I don't do so much editorial, but I have done some pieces like for myself that are about they're they're much more literal because they're kind of about like the love we feel that like we're so attached to like our phones and I don't think that's like at all a bad thing I think it's so interesting that it's like we hold this little rectangle and like just by the expressions on people's faces it's just like uh, it's like the one thing everyone would bring to their to the desert island you know sure and I, I think that's I think that's great <laughs> I think that that's a great thing that like we have in our lives now and we're so connected to people that way can I ask something um Bouncing off of it, I feel like there's, we talk about technology as this thing that we can use so easily and like we all have phones and we all have this lifestyle that's around, that is surrounded by technology, but isn't there a level of like elitism to that? Because there, like some people don't have um, like so the, the latest computer, like if you're a student and you can't afford something, um, it's going to take you a lot longer to like get to the level you want to get to or if you, um, like if you don't have like the right phone, you can't get the right like apps to do what you want to do. So mm. it, we're all talking about, we have very similar styles, you and me, um, and we all use Photoshop, but there's a lot of other things out there that you know we don't have access to. Like there's a lot of very uh, expensive software that I'm not gonna buy um, because maybe even if I have like an inkling to learn how to use it. Um, and Spurl, I think a lot of people, that's how they feel about Photoshop. That you that now it's more of a subscription that you have to oh, like. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only very recently uh, broke down and bought Photoshop. Yeah, I started to actually buy it or like just good equipment. Um, yeah, I do think it's like like it compensates for other things. Like oil paints is expensive. That's so, true. Mm -hmm. Or like renting. I wonder a if anyone's studio. done the math. Yeah, oh, it'll be true. interesting to see. Yeah, like renting a <sighs> real renting studio. studio space. It's expensive. I work digitally because that you don't require any space. You can do it in your bedroom. What do you guys think? Yeah, but it all it all seems to um, it seems like that the time you live in it all seems to somehow work out. Other than well, I would agree certainly that we're very fortunate and privileged to be able to have. If you can afford a computer, that's 
a good computer with a lot of speed and power, and you can afford a Photoshop subscription, and you can afford a Wacom tablet, and then, you know, an internet uh, uh, connection is obviously necessary. All those things do really add up. Um, and I, I suppose many of us might take that for granted. But if you think about maybe 50 years ago, and you did have to buy oil paint and work with brushes and then ship your art and or photograph it yourself and ship it, et cetera, um, the budgets were also much, much higher, at least if you consider inflation and take that into account. The budgets were much higher for the same kind of work we now do for much less money. So maybe it, I don't know. That It's a very, it's confusing to me. I have a hard time figuring out whether it's more affordable now to be an artist or then I, I have no idea it's tricky I mean there's the the business model that we have is that you get once you're in you, it sort of starts to snowball right like you get a job and you start to make mm -hmm. some money you can start to spend some money on mm -hmm. some new tech you can upgrade to a better computer maybe you can buy a studio space a better scanner something like that and but like it's that end that I think frustrates the point of entry people. you mean yeah. like the the so like getting in and getting to where you are able to produce the work in the first place and have it seen is that what you mean yeah and I think yeah um, I mean it's hard to determine what the the break would be at our point because it's a mm. little grayer now because like we could we could produce something and put it up and it could go viral we might not make any money but that that is like the first. Thing that starts the chain that you know leads to your first job. Right. I do yeah. think it gives people more access. Like I think it it's started a new generation of artists who started way younger, like before someone else gave them permission to be like, now you can make art or to like seem like an official artist to have like real paintings. Like painting material is really expensive. It gives people access yeah. to spaces too, yeah. like. Um, I mean, and being able to form their own communities that are like totally legitimate, like, you know, in, in the past where you had to congregate at places like society and there was like a very homogenous, like, mm -hmm. you know, group. And now with the internet, like even like a high schooler with a computer at their library can be on the same platform as like, as their professional like somebody who they hope to be like in the future like and now you can create your own community you can create your own space and communicating online you can enter into these professional spaces in a way that was not possible and you can all. pirate yeah. photoshop uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we were talking about pirating yeah yeah i pirated um what did i use i had a uh, version of photoshop cs5 on my laptop for the longest time that was in german because that was the only yeah. one I could find. And I used it. I learned a lot of German. So it's better than paying for it. I feel like most of our generation must have pirated it because it was always, it's always been a very expensive uh, software. Yeah, but I, I, as soon as I graduated college, I just broke down and bought it. I mean, yeah, right. it ate up my first paycheck, but mm. then I felt better about it. It was, that was, but I'm old, so never mind. That was Photoshop, <laughs> Photoshop 6 I don't something. think you're alone. <laughs> I think that's what you have to do when you become professional, but... Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I was professional for a long time before yeah. I bought it. But you bought I it. I think when, when people <laughs> pay you, you're a professional. Like, it don't, like... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> it I, doesn't I have, matter what I you have complicated feelings about money. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so let's segue into our next 
topic. So yeah. we were, we started talking about community and how that affected us as illustrators.、Uh, so on the subject of、uh, depicting technology、um, in illustrations. Um, we want to talk about like the inclusiveness and diversity in the illustrations that we produce. So, what's your overall、uh, feeling about the illustrations that you're asked to make? So, like your commissions and then your personal work. And do you feel that there is a divide, like there is an actual divide between people who pay and people who like and praise? So, like your fans and your clients.、Mm. Do you feel that? You do have to navigate those worlds, or in two thousand sixteen, we were so caught up that we don't worry about that anymore.、Hmm. Um, I work with the Wall Street Journal a lot, and I'm always explicitly instructed—not、uh, always, but most of the time—I'm explicitly instructed if it's a, if it's, there are multiple figures in an illustration.、Um, I'm told ex- exactly、uh, what the ethnicity and the sex of the person should be. As far as the depiction goes of those individuals, so that、um, it, there's guaranteed to be diversities, and so that's an interesting publication because they have taken it upon themselves. the The creative team has taken it upon themselves to to not even leave the door open for me to not do that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah.、Um, and I don't know how it is with the rest of you if you if you work with the journal, but、um, that's always been my relationship with the art directors there. They they It, uh, are very specific in the art direction. Yeah, actually, I do too. With the Wall Street Journal, it's very specific, and then、mm-hmm. if they want to change something, we'll change something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's my only real comment on that because they're the only publication I work with that's asked me to do any kind of spots or illustrations relating to tech or people working in tech、um, or science or、um, things like that. So. Um, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you guys' experiences? I think, I mean, as far as as far as illustration goes, I try. You know, I'm still working on my own、uh, contribution to being more inclusive and diverse in my own work. But as far as my observations of our fields, I feel like there is a divide, and it's more and more obvious the more it's pointed out to me, and I'm grateful for that because. You can see clearly that the people we work with, the people who are able to come to events at the society, the, the people who give me jobs, people who will buy my work,、um, there's uh, they're often、um, white men, they're often white women,、um, they're often、uh, already sort of、uh, established in their own career, and a lot of my fans. Um, and a lot of the young people who I talk to are, are incredibly diverse, and there's and like in an illustration, there's such、uh, I mean there's such a, a clean divide like maybe it's equal. You find there's a lot of men working in illustration, there's a lot of women working in illustration, even though in school there's、uh, all the classes,、uh, the majority of them are women, and so I wondered like. As you get higher and higher, like how do we filter ourselves out, and how we can change it?、Uh, less, I, I guess it's less about technology, but definitely in the vein of、um, just having people directing you for jobs. And I've worked for a few years in commercial commercials,、mm. so that is like、oh、usually a pretty depressing story. Oh boy.、Um, 
And it's something I kind of struggle with. And, you know, I've, I've like, I've worked with really great companies, um, but it's all, it always comes down to what the client wants. And it's all about, you know, pleasing the client and you can kind of push back on some things, but it does get kind of soul crushing because just like as a rule for myself, if, I, if anyone's ever like, all right, well, we need you to do a bunch of character designs. I'm like, all right, one white person yeah, <laughs> in exactly. this lineup of, you know, so many people. And it's, and they usually, uh, almost always, uh, you know, change everyone to be white. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, except for, like, one, I mean, I don't want to name any companies, but I do have, like, a list in my mind that I'm like, someday, you guys, <laughs> someday I'm going to expose you. Um, but, yeah, it's, I feel like all I can really do is make sure that the work I make uh, is, you know, as diverse as I can make it pretty much like that's just what i'm interested in um and you know you you see how far you can fight your boss or whoever is you know telling you to change things up um but you know but i'm also kind of new to the industry so hmm. i feel like over the years i'll be able to make more decisions and kind of like bring down the hammer and be like nope not budging on this so do you fight do you do you get into arguments? I do, well i usually um with the production companies i work with it's kind of a mutual feeling mm. like i'll complain to my director and they'll be like yeah i know but we got we just gotta and i'll sit there muttering at my desk for like the next few days being like man <laughs> you know, you've made the list. So that's that's kind of my. I, I imagine that's kind of a experience a lot of people have. Yeah, I've I've heard that from other people too. Yeah, it sucks. But but you always have personal work you can make, and because that's you know that's the most tied to you. I think that's where that's where it representation matters no matter what the context. But I think if it comes from you. Um, then that's just the, the best work. Mm -hmm. do you, yeah. Yeah, do you think it's important or necessary for illustrators or art directors to somehow make that like more clear to people? Because I do feel like now when you illustrate um, or write or anything for professional mm -hmm. use, when it's published, it is only published, say, in one publication. In the past, I would just go with that paper magazine, and whoever buys it will read it. Mm -hmm. But now everything's going to be on the internet. Uh, do you feel that not only you're illustrating for your client, you're also illustrating for people who support your brand and your image? Yeah. Do you... Responsibilities yeah. coming from like way other, you know, way more places now. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, you're going to share your work that you made for some specific magazine with a bunch of people who would never see it otherwise. And I think it's great that now we feel like all these eyes are on us and uh, it's so important to uh, to be really conscious. And, and, I, and I do think it's it's art director's responsibilities too. Um, you know, like even if gatekeepers are diversifying, you know, unfortunately so slowly, you gotta, you have to try. I think. Yeah. I listened to, do you all know the picture book artist Christian Robinson? He's the best. Yeah, um, he had a, there was a nice 
conversation he had with Mac Barnett at a university. I don't remember which one it was now. I'm trying to think, but it doesn't matter. You can watch it on YouTube. But um, there was a point in the conversation where um, they brought up the importance of having characters in the books uh, that Christian illustrates or anyone illustrates um, be diverse, not just for not just for certain uh, topics of writing. Like, for if the example he gave, I think, was he said um, for the the book Leo. Have you seen this? The ghost book, Leo the Ghost. Anyway, with, with Mac Burnett wrote it and he illustrated it. But you know, it was kind of like he said that as much as he as much as he can. Um, well, I don't want to put words. I, I, I hate to misquote him, but I'm gonna try anyway. Basically, the gist of it was, if there's a kid and the kid's hanging out in a the park, um, then make that kid whatever you know. Make that kid uh, any race other than white. Just, just because you know, it doesn't have to be that it's a story about uh, something where we would um, normally, you know, traveling back in time, say, "Oh, this looks like it's a story about uh, inner city youth, and that's African Americans, and maybe his." You know what I'm saying? Instead, he said, "Okay, there's a story about a kid who wants to fly a rocket. Well, I'm going to paint that kid as an African American." And the reason, um, not only because that, you know, that's his. Um, that's his, his job is to you know to, to do it that way. But he said that he feels like by the artist taking control and doing it first and continuing to do it, it hopefully then um, pro uh, or rather not prods, but it just pushes the rest of the establishment along a little bit. It's like we're the ones pushing them along to just catch up and to. And to do it themselves. Um, I don't know if you listen to him say it, it's a lot more eloquent. But I thought it was just really nice how he explained um, why it's important for the artists to be the ones who continually um, break with tradition and just depict people however they they wish, and to in- purposely make those people look like the people around them, not just like this one, you know, Norman Rockwell. Kid. If someone says draw a kid. Well, people, yeah, you know, it's like the ultimate um, kid. It's like the little white boy. Right. Like that everyone saying, grew up thinking that, that they are. Why, <laughs> why is that the go-to? And then mm-hmm. it shouldn't be. And but it, it, we're the ones who change that. So he basically well, was. I think. I mean, yeah, it was nice. I liked it, and it made me kind of feel like well, I'm lazy sometimes, and I need to really pay attention to that. Yeah, we can all do better. And then depict who we depict and who we uh, illustrate is one part, but I think visibility is an issue as far as who who we hire and who we work with too. I think. Sure, mm-hmm. um, definitely down to like the actual humans mm-hmm. who yeah. work, which is which is also I I do think technology gives way to artists who are way younger, like they don't have to have like an MFA or like in their like mid-career to be super established so it's kind of like I feel like the playing field is a lot more leveled and then people can change their styles and they can change directions it's a lot more free 
So I feel like the conversation changes a little bit versus like we must bring the women or like the women of color or like anyone else like into the conversation. Like they are here. So exactly. like it becomes really awkward. Be like, wait, no, yeah, like I thought this is you know respectful to like include you in this, and then、uh, and then it's not always.、Um, I feel like it's it's、um, a conversation that's happening now that people think they're doing right, and then. And then they're feeling very conflicted about being told that they're doing wrong,、mm-hmm. but then that's based on perhaps in the past, like it just that people don't even have the access and they won't be there. So like the right thing to do is to like bring the image of people there, but it's like no, they're actually here. Like yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like you don't need to、yeah. do it anymore. Kind of. Do you guys have thoughts on that? Like it's really frustrating、yeah. when somebody feels like they deserve. Like cookies or accolades for like even bothering to tell the story of somebody like you,、mm-hmm. when it's like, well, I would just really like if it was somebody who had had this experience, just telling a story like、mm-hmm. from this perspective, like it because it like you you end up seeing the same narratives over and over and over again. And like Kyle, I feel like um in in, in books, I feel like people always hold up the snowy day as like like the prime example of、mm-hmm. like this like a great. Great yeah, but that I mean I think when it was, wow, when it was May, what was it the mid sixties? Something、I、like、guess. that. <laughs> but、Somebody、that was,、um, but it was it was a white illustrator. I'm pretty right, sure.、Um, mm-hmm. Ezra Keats.、Um, what was I going to say?、Um, when was that? When was that published though? I I forget. It's it's definitely. Like, are、old. there any other examples apart from that? I feel like <laughs> from, corduroy. And it's and it and it blows my mind how old those those are the those are the two examples that everybody can think、right. of, and there's something more contemporary. Well, there are, but I, yeah, yeah.、Um, but in, in terms of, I guess we got a little sidetracked with the because we didn't talk about it specifically in the tech sphere. When you're asked to illustrate, those of you, and this is the thing, I don't get asked this a lot, so I wish I had more to say about this, but I I don't.、Um, but does anyone there have a lot of experience drawing? Tech stories, stories about technology or advancements in science and tech or whatever, where you have been specifically instructed not to draw a person of color or anything, or has that been, has that ever happened? In editorial, and I heard the、no. example of the advertising. Sorry, that, that's definitely sad. To hear, but,、um. Um, in some of、uh, like the in-house work that I do, yes, but not not an editorial. I don't think. Yeah, in the in-house work I have done, actually, there are companies, tech or not tech, that are under fire for lacking diversity.、Mm-hmm. So they really want to diversify,、uh, which is nice. But then it trickles down to the illustrators who do them lacking knowledge of how to draw people of ethnicities other than Caucasian, and it's it's frustrating to. Uh, say to be the lead artist on that, and having to like instruct everyone, and then just having people come back and be like, "Do you like this better now? Like, what do you think?" As like the only non-white person working on this, I was like, "I can't tell you. Like, I just thought that guy had weird eyes. I told you to fix it. I just thought you wouldn't draw it that way. I thought wrong." So like, it's it's like very strange because 
I do think it's a business move for a lot of companies mm. to super rapidly diversify, and I don't know how much meaning it gives besides besides the fact that it gets people out of lawsuits. So I do think okay. there's like a new wave of people just mining for illustrators who can do it because that ultimately like saves the day in a way, like in this like crisis that people perceive that they are under. Um, I, and I think that in technology, like the tech field is um, extremely under pressure for improving mm -hmm. their diversity quota. Yeah, not, I mean, not just like the things that we are asked to illustrate, but in the offices I work in, they're, um, they're not diverse, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the staff, the, the teams I work with. And so when we're asked um, to create a, a series of characters, it, it's, uh, it doesn't, it's only one level. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's another level that that no one is looking around and asking about, sort of sitting at yeah. this uh, at a large table full of people who all look like me. Um, there's there's voices that aren't being heard, and it's it's more and more obvious. Yeah, well, it goes back to that thing that I keep hearing where people say, you know, it's not like Kylie said, like. Um, you know, we're not doing a story about a, a, a black thing, so don't make them black, <laughs> which is like, I mean, just baffling. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. it assumes that everyone in the conversation is white, like, mm -hmm. aside from this non-existent black story. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I think the tech illustrations or the tech articles are especially, like, in a place where like all of your people of color and women who have racial and sexism issues are in this other section yeah. like in this other genre where people are just like struggling or like having like a great like big break or like having all of these like personal accounts where technology is still like it looks like the technology field versus mostly white folks and dudes so like i can I just like when people ask them to like ask the art directors or the illustrators to like actually diversify their illustration. I don't know if that's like truthful, and I think it's nice. It brings more illustrators more work, but um, like it's. What do you guys think that? Um, do you think the illustrations will help um, people perceive technology differently? Like. If we insert more women and people of color, people are going to eventually perceive the tech field as belonging to these people, or is still kind of like an optic effort. I I think that it's uh, I think it's definitely important to do it, but I think it's part only one thing of many things that we should try harder to do. Yeah, um, it seems like a chicken and egg situation because mm -hmm. it's like you should depict the technology as diverse, but also hire diverse people in your tech field and it, I I think I guess it doesn't really for me I don't think it matters um, if you are depicting the tech industry as diverse when it's not like mm -hmm. that may be untruthful or whatever yeah. but or like people might think it's untruthful but I think it's just like it's the representation thing mm -hmm. it's like diverse people exist in tech mm -hmm. and 
I mean, that's the great thing about art is that it can change minds and change how people perceive the world. So yeah, I, as long as I'm you sorry. Um, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to agree with you, and I was thinking of a pop culture example, or rather, a media example. Uh, I hope this is relevant, but um, if, I think absolutely if we do it first and continue, or if we just continue to do it, it's bound to eventually have some impact. Hmm. Um, certainly, not doing it is a terrible idea. But um, what I was going to say is, if, if any of you saw the Christopher Nolan Batman films. Um, Lucius Fox, played by Morgan Freeman, uh, you know, traditionally, you know, the comics world, the movies and everything, going back a long way, it was so white, white, white. And then then what was interesting I found was, you know, Morgan Freeman paid, played Fox in the films. And then the TV show Gotham, um, uh, Chris Chalk, uh, the actor who plays Lucius Fox, um, it's also African-American. Uh, it, to me, I, I can't help but think that Christopher Nolan's film helped to make that just sort of be a, a, a thing that people didn't even, didn't even bat an eye. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, well, we're going to have diversity in this cast. You know, this is just a direct pull from the film that happened to be an African-American. Now it's an African-American as well. But I don't know, it just seems to me like that's, a, that's an obvious case where one person... Uh, made a decision and opened a little door. I don't know. Changing associations. Uh, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if we're continually, continually, excuse me, um, drawing uh, figures and characters in our picture books and in our comics and everything, and um, depicting people, uh, showing diversity rather in, in the illustrations, I don't see how it can't eventually have some impact. I mean, yeah, I do think it's also the like the actual human thing where um, when you get to a certain level, it's one thing to be equipped with all of the knowledge, and it's another thing to be perceived as someone who's professional and workable, and then yeah. to like to be trusted with something like. I mean, one day you're gonna have like, because it's it's funny like you you would you would have a person who's an illustrator who's a person of color who is great at drawing white people like that can be a thing, but then now it's not a thing. Like when you have a thing that's only white people, would definitely only hire a white person. Like it just, it's, yeah, yeah, uh, like, yeah. That's weird. There's a like our technology is one aspect of what levels the playing field, but I feel like there's still. What there's always been a tradition in illustration of uh, paying it forward, and there's always uh, there's always going to be someone who gives you a leg up, and who gives you your first uh, connection or your first job, and that hasn't changed. Um, mm -hmm. Even with Twitter, even with being able to reach the same level, and occupy the same space as people of different level, uh, different fields, um, and being able to enter yourself, like it's not. There's a. I feel like it's dangerous to say, okay, well, you have all this technology, so now it's on you, and now mm. you have the power to enter this world, so enter it. But, but there's still, um, I still like, I still feel like because I was helped by so many people to get here, um, and now it's it's passed on to me. It's my role to also help people into the illustration field as I continue to grow. That's a big part of it too. Is as part of our 
uh, job, it's our responsibility to pay it forward. It's our responsibility to open up those doors and to see and um, to allow other people into this space as well. And that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it takes it takes way longer than than people think. Yeah. And um and then to talk about um inclusiveness in illustration, um there's the Newsweek cover that was published last um last year about sexual harassment that women in Silicon Valley experience. So that's a great case of being inclusive and including a group that people don't usually think about or like although associate with with tech um and then the illustration was commissioned for it that wasn't it it just wasn't liked by women and the women yeah. you saw Kelly. and then like so that's kind of like the the question at the end of the day like like we can include folks and we can hire them and we can pay them a ton of money but like at the end of the day uh where does like everyone's like personal biases go and then like who gets to write the actual story of the arc of a character that's introduced into an illustration like what's what are you guys says thought on that incident like individually and then also like what do you what do you think like that's a great case of being inclusive, but then ended up being mm. not inclusive. Yeah, um, I thought. I mean, it's a. It, it was just something that a lot of people paid attention to, but it brought attention to um, a problem in our industry that has gone on for a long time, and tension in our industry that has been there for a long time. That, and I felt like it. It was good in that it. it I think it helped a lot of people feel comfortable talking about things that they beforehand felt uncomfortable um, being public about. And so it was an incident that brought a lot of people together. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really positive way of looking at it. Also, I, I want to explain for anyone who's listening in who are not familiar, it's it's an illustration of a woman uh, who's wearing a short dress and her skirt was being lifted up by a mouse cursor. Um, to signify the moment of shock when someone experiences self um, sex, sexual harassment, um, which is you know one of the many solutions uh, of an illustration, and it, it is it, it has been framed as a controversy because there are like points from from every angle. Like it was an illustration that would have stood and was very popular. Like even a few years ago, I think, and today, it's been shared on the internet, and then also it's being perceived by people who otherwise would not have been the readers of Newsweek or the readership of that. So, do you think with technology and then with the new generation of artists, um, like there's gonna be a new standard for what people think are like this changing definition of being correct and being PC. Oh yeah, has like to. Bar, just it's changing. just the natural evolution of things. As you, what once was considered um, by some people to be inoffensive or harmless or whatever, uh, people get enlightened. People learn more. People engage more with each other, 
and they become aware of what what is um, not, I don't know if the word appropriate is correct, but what's offensive and why, and then you learn from it and you grow, and then that's what everything, and then the whole industry grows as a whole. So I think it's important that it happened and that there was a lot of you know discussion about it. And I highly doubt you'll ever see another cover like that on a major magazine, and that's a good thing. So um, I, like I don't think anyone came out strongly to defend it. At least not. <laughs> well, 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 we this, we um, live in a bubble. Yeah. You know, Newsweek really can can. I think ultimately it's Newsweek's responsibility. They published it. I mean. It's important for them to come out and say, whoops, that probably wasn't a good idea. We should have been more sensitive. We should have thought about this. We have taken into consideration all the comments that were made, and we realized that this was a poor editorial choice. You know, if that Did they say that? I don't know. I didn't follow the story as closely as some people did, did tell me. Did they? Yeah. Did anybody know what the ultimate? <laughs> they stood didn't by it. say that was a bad choice. They said it was provocative, and it drew attention to the story. And then the writer of the story wasn't happy because it completely distracted them mm -hmm. from the actual article. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, it had almost nothing to do with the article. Yeah, I felt mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I read the article. Was, somebody, as far as illustrations. Sorry, what was the um? So, so the article was was not specifically about. It was about what um the title was uh what do Silicon Valley think of women. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. And so, oh, no, I mean, there you go. Kind of so people made the argument. I don't know. So like, so the, so the, it was. A, I think like like a good article, you know, about like oh, difficulties yeah. that that women face in the in in the tech workplace, but yeah. the cover chose to depict the harassment rather than like depict the problem like yeah. the yeah. like the suffering the pain like from that perspective it was it was like very much like from the perspective of, of the harasser kind of yeah, yeah it was very like like the explanation was like it's it's illustrating it which i don't i was like there are other ways <laughs> you can yeah um i think it's good that it was talked about so much mm -hmm. though yeah. i feel like newsweek itself almost becomes irrelevant because it's like mm -hmm. They can have whatever awful opinion they want, mm -hmm. but it reached so, so many eyes, and I think a lot of people changed their minds yeah. about what is, I don't know if even the word, um, what was it? Uh, well, PC, I mean, like PC or offensive, instead of saying that, I'd say like respectful, mm -hmm. you know? Because yeah. I yeah. think that's really what it comes down to, is like people aren't like, people aren't being like, I'm offended. That's not really what it's about. It's about, like, you're not seeing me as a person. Like, this illustration does not describe me as a... or doesn't represent me as a person. Like, you know, like a woman who would be sexually harassed, you know? Like, I can't imagine being that kind of... that person and, and looking at that... Uh, illustration and feeling like that was fair in exactly. any way. Exactly, and that's on the cover of a magazine, and also just talking about inclusiveness that is like not inclusive of the subject that is uh, being depicted. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's for someone else 
to look at this issue. No one who's experienced that would have ever made that image. Yeah. No. That's an interesting point. Yeah. God. I, I feel like it's going to be, I mean, it is always like, it's a conversation that comes up all the time. And I feel like we probably will actually see, we'll, we'll be dealing with plenty of illustrations like that and mm-hmm. plenty of situations like that. But the more times the conversation comes up, that's, that's progress. Yeah. So the more we learn to talk about, I mean, I think one thing that I would have liked to learn more as a student and that I'm happy that I'm learning more about now and in, in part due to the, the illustration and the conversation that started was how to debate and how to have a discussion about topics that I think are important, not just with peers, but with the people who hire me. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's important that because our work is so ingrained in what's going on and it's so ingrained in information and, and spreading information that we should be able to talk about it and to be able to debate it. And, and it's great that what's happening is that um, people who at once felt like their voices weren't, wouldn't be heard or felt like they were scared to speak about things that made them uncomfortable, that now they feel um, supported. And I think um, like they feel like they have uh, people out there in the, in the ether yeah. who support them and so they can stick up for themselves. Yeah, I feel like one thing like for me, I was like, yeah, I'm not like afraid to talk about it because it makes me uncomfortable. I think if I talked about it, people won't hire me anymore. I think now I feel more supported mm-hmm. in a way like, oh, if they don't hire me, I have a community. They're wrong. Like, yeah. I'm going to find someone else who will fire me, who will hire me again. So I think that kind of support has also allowed people to to really speak up and and then be able to be themselves online or with their friends because I think maintaining multiple levels of viewpoints really like breaks your spirit eventually and uh, I do think technology as a platform it's it's great for people to connect with each other you know I think it's also what do you think about um, subjects that are really difficult to illustrate Um, for example what if the article was explicitly about sexual harassment in the workplace when you get an assignment like that do the rest of you, I don't know about you, but I, I always get really nervous and I start freaking out going, well, how do I handle this and not make some kind of misstep? You know, because I don't want to be caught up in the middle of some controversy like that. So, but at the same time, you know, you have to illustrate the topic. So what do you do when you have a topic that is very sensitive well, maybe there is something to be said for passing that kind of work along to, or even if you can't do that, like, I've I've definitely had people reach out to me personally and be like, can you check out this article? Is this, like, would this be a cool direction to go in? But that's still just one person's opinion. What if, I mean... It's one, <laughs> it's one person, but it's like, if you get the assignment and you feel like, wow, this is completely, like, I can't relate to this in any way. I guess not even relating to, but just kind of like, I think it's good to do your research that way and kind of reach out to people who you've noticed talking about the subject. Um, And that's another great thing about Twitter, (laughs) about technology, is that you can be vocal about that. And uh, hopefully that, that research will put you in contact with kind of other points of view. Yeah. Research. So you said you've done that before, and has anyone else, have any of the rest of you ever felt like, you, uh, did you I, get an assignment at one point and think, oh man, I'm, 
this is this is a little hard for me to yeah it's scary maybe yeah i i mean i'm still in i'm in the middle of it so i i can't give you the full mm -hmm. story but i feel i feel um like yeah there's definitely times when people um come to you with an assignment that you i guess i feel grateful that i can say like yes this is this will fit someone else much better and there is someone else out there who who will want this job um so i hope that it works out though i can't i haven't heard that, that can be a hard decision to make when you're starting out in your career and you need the money what do you do then oh i i don't know i feel like i might have taken the job if i was if i was at a different place in my career so i don't know if that's the right answer or not or if that's the best thing to do, but I think that's the action I would have taken. Mm. Yeah, I had people email me with pieces that they're doing and they think I would be able to, to check it. And I was like, oh, that's that's fine. That's like checking, like, it's it just like giving feedback for, for anything else. And then there was an illustration a friend of mine did of about like Asian women taking tests or something and I was yeah. just like well if, if you would just have her like look at camera that would be great because I'm just tired of like Asian women like staring into space <laughs> I was like why you know there's no reason like no one's gonna call you out for that like st small stuff like that is, is fun like I wouldn't have been like why didn't you give that job to me <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's fair game I think <laughs> yeah it's a good attitude mm -hmm. No, I was just wondering, because um, mm -hmm. I, I think about that a lot now. I think just, yeah, should I be doing Well, yeah, I mean, if you do have the extra work, like sometimes it's like, yeah, if you do get it again, if it really makes you freak out, uh, give it to someone else, that might save you an online disaster. Like, you, you do weigh the pros and cons, and sometimes money is just one of the factors. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Commercials, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think that um, by having the potential to misstep and make an illustration that um, really goes the wrong way, not having meant to, of course, but do it anyway, and then have it blow up in your face. Do you think that that keeps all of us in a space where we get scared and we, we go for safe solutions and we don't try and push the envelope? I, th I think the risk of failure is something just you always face when you're making an illustration. And I think that like if you fail horribly, um, if you learn from it, that's that that's a good thing, you know. Well, yeah, people you, give you, you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, even if you say mea culpa, oops, I I didn't mean to offend anyone. I didn't mean to be insensitive with this illustration. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Do you think by that point the damage has been done when the when the Twitter bots and all the and all the trolls helps. gang up on yeah, you? You have to recover. I think it, I think it goes a long way to apologize or to to acknowledge um, and not where say, you oh, might have been short sighted. Yeah, I thought you said cannibal. Cannibal is the only way to go. Okay. <laughs> like apologizing and not saying like sorry I offended you. Here's my explanation. Blah blah blah. But saying like oh like I'm really I'm really yeah. listening. You know, no, of course. I know. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. If you say that though, do you think that the community now at large? Um, our community, maybe not just—I don't mean just illustration—but um, do you think that on the internet, if you make a mistake and people gang up on you and point it out, and that's a good thing, and you do apologize and you do understand what you've done wrong and make that known, do you think though that 
the envi- the environment the internet environment is more of a negative place than a positive place and they would they would rather rake you over the coals for as long as possible and keep the the hateful energy going and beat you down or do you think that they would more quickly say oh okay well now that you understand and you made a mistake i'm glad you understand let's move on or you know what i'm saying i mean i i guess that's just kind of the mob mentality versus individual opinion thing like we yeah. haven't n- no one's really figured out how to deal with you know twitter mob with just like angry internet mobs um Right, and that's but, a new phenomenon. I mean, we're, that's we're, a risky run. We're painting a very negative picture of the internet. Yeah, here. there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, negative words being given, and I feel like uh, that might be unfairly um, judging people's reactions to things. Um, I think sometimes people do get passionate on the internet about things that they feel strongly about, and I don't think that. And I think that there is a tendency to feel scared of that uh, and to hesitate and feel that fear, but I don't think that it's a bad thing. And I think that what, what I have found, I think what you'll find, or what you have found, is that um, it, it all, like, apologizing uh, does bring about a positive end and that um, people don't get ostracized um, from uh, making a mistake. Yeah, I I also think it's just part of like we talked about in the beginning. Like technology has like it's the thing now. Like we're not we're not going anywhere else.、Mm. It's only gonna be like part of life. And I feel like there are you know there are internet mobs and there are people mobs and there's internet abuse and there's people abuse. So like it's it's always at some point、um, we are all gonna be like. Really anxious about something that we we're gonna do, and wishing that people wouldn't gain、yeah. up on us.、So. I mean, you you can't like just not do it for fear, yeah, of, of like people coming at you. You know, as long、yeah. I think as long as you are respectful and yeah, I I I mean, for me personally, an apology goes a long way. Like a a sincere like, okay, now I've learned from this thing. Kind of apology, you know. I I think it's and I. I've seen it happen too. Yeah, yeah, exactly.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. You've seen like, it happen people... specifically with the illustration. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. it happens.、Mm-hmm. It does happen from、oh, time、yeah. to time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do have. We are planning to have a podcast just about social media and fundraising and like、Ooh. alternative ways to pay and get paid. Uh, so I think that would be a very interesting conversation of how people build their brands and、mm. how do they maintain their voice and how do they, like like this stuff. I'm sure that would be like an entire hour, and then that would be very interesting. <laughs>、um, but yeah, yeah I want to、uh, keep us、uh, on track of time and then moving on to just the last part about some last thoughts about where do you think. All of this is taking us as illustrators.、Um, do you think the digital media, just like traditional media, is also going to phase out one day? Just like a type of media, like what if people got rid of images, well, like stuff like that? Like traditional you... media hasn't phased out yet. Yeah. So I'm hoping traditional or digital media doesn't either.、Mm-hmm. I, I can't、They'll、imagine it would really. <laughs> Things will take different forms.、Mm-hmm. Like we're always going to be. Visually experiencing things, whether that's like entirely in like a VR context or something, but like yeah, like the 
the, the, the sensory experience is never going to go away, but the, the, the medium and the, like, the mechanism may change. But uh, I don't know. I don't know anything specific. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be back here in 10 years and we'll be griping about, uh, like, in the old days. Yeah, we used to tweet <laughs> things and <laughs> get into internet fights. What, um, so what do you guys think in terms of, like, uh, what kind of jobs do you think you'd be doing 10 years from now? Um, how do you plan to integrate things like VR or, like, motion and video? I know you guys are already doing that, but you are on top of it, so... What's your plan for being always on top of it? <sighs> Ten years is a long time. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. the entire industry, a lot of our jobs didn't exist 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's really hard to imagine what could happen. Um, but definitely, like, uh, art incorporated into VR is already happening. It's already, like, people are already trying to do it. It's clunky, but yeah. It's clunky, but it's going to get there. It's really cool. And, and not just VR, but also I think film mm. is so accessible because now we can we can tool around with like MIDI keyboards, we can make the music, we can animate, we can stitch everything together, we can edit, like everything is on a computer and if you just teach yourself to do it, you can really become a director of whatever project you want to do. Um, and I think that's what's so exciting about technology and just keeping up with everything new is that you can you just get so much control um and yeah yeah five centimeters per second yeah. i think um if i don't have a tool in my hand that's roughly pencil sized and i'm making marks and making drawings i'm never going to be happy so hmm. if whatever i don't know what's going to happen with vr and all this other stuff but if it doesn't involve me having to draw in some some way with you know, that same motion of moving my hand around and watching marks appear, then I know personally I would be miserable. So um, I hope that in 10 years I'm still being, I'm still able to do that in some mm -hmm. form. Otherwise, because I have no interest in uh, in collage or in assembling anything or in building stuff. I just want to draw. So that's, for me, that's, that's the great one joy I've had that's been a constant since I was like three. Um, it's not going to change. Uh, I don't know. Do the rest of you like drawing as much as me? <laughs> I think that's a good... Yep. <laughs> I like that... Um, yeah, I like that image. Because, yeah, that's why we're all here. We just really like making marks. Yeah. Um, we all had sketchbooks yeah. and pieces of paper, like, our entire lives. Yeah. So that's probably... I mean, we might be doing something else on top of that, but I don't think that's going to change. The industry that I'm in, or the, the, the section of the industry right now, is... Has, has not changed in a really long time, which is interesting. Mm. Like uh, picture books, and I've been working a lot in middle grade. Like even when it's digital, when it's an ebook, when it's on as an Amazon icon, it's still the same. Um, so mm. maybe I'll keep doing that for as long as I can. And then, yeah, I guess, yeah, similarly to Kyle, maybe I don't know if I'd want to do the same thing in another way. Who knows? Yeah, I definitely want to keep doing comics. Comics, oh yeah, comics will never change. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like making mar making marks, making a picture happen, whether it's on a computer or with paint or whatever. That, that's just such a fantastic feeling. I love it, and I I would hate for that to disappear, or for me not to be able to do it and make money. I guess and and support myself and my family. That would be that would be a real tragedy. But um, 
Yeah, do you guys know. have ideas of, of ways that you can keep your illustration or like work the way that you like to work and then insert that into the new technology that people haven't been using a whole lot with illustration yet? I want to learn some new software that so that I can incorporate my illustrations into 3D. Because um, I'm right now I'm working with people who basically do that for me. Like they'll take my painting and turn it into a space, and I I just want to do it. I want to do it all by myself. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think that that there's a lot of potential there. Like there's there's ways to paint in three dimensions now too. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you should get on that. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Collaboration too. I mean, like working with other people who mm. will work with you. I'm like probably like what like what you're doing right now to do something technically that you can't like. I don't know. Like I drew a comic with with a steel nib, and then I had and then my friend and I like animated it completely on the computer, and it was the same, but it was different, and it was two people working on a thing, and I don't know. That was cool. I don't know. Like uh. Working together, I think that's a good solution. Huh. Yeah. Do you have one, Leland? Um, I think what's. I I definitely agree about the three D. I think three D <laughs> is like such a cool and deep thing to get into, and uh, I originally wanted to make games. I think when I was back in college and after getting into games I was like oh no I don't but, <laughs> but I what I really like about games is um, how deeply you can explore a world you know mm. and how you can be in a 3d space and I think that is definitely a passion I still have and I'm still interested in even though it is so hard <laughs> it's like when we all uh, have like jacks in our necks and, and the internet is just yeah. like a space we walk around in in virtual reality I can't wait for that <laughs> Yeah, do you draw that space or do you draw in that space and then what becomes right. the drawing? <laughs> no, it just comes from our minds. Will we walk through somebody's marks that they made, you know, yeah. but we'll be able to experience it differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good image to end on, actually. <laughs> uh, so we are just at our 9 o'clock mark, so I'm going to conclude. Thank you very much, everyone, for your contribution. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, That's thank so you. Fun. I'll talk to you next time, listeners. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.